Welcome to Illinois Realtors ROI podcast series. I'm Betsy Urbance, General Counsel for Illinois Realtors. We recently visited with Katie Johnson, General Counsel and Chief Member Experience Officer for the National Association of Realtors. Katie joined me to converse about how we might safely and cautiously reopen real estate offices. These challenges present opportunities to pivot towards the goal of moving our business forward carefully and successfully through the different phases of our return to normalcy. So thanks for joining us today, Katie. Thank you, Betsy. It's great to be here. The first subcategory that we're going to talk about a little bit here with you, Katie, is the physical workspace and personnel and what some of the guidance and policies should be. So the first question is, as Illinois moved into the phase three recovery section of the governor's Restore Illinois plan, there has been an allowance for certain non-essential businesses to reopen. Having said that, is that required? Good question. No, not required. No business is, is required to reopen right now, but as you said, there's allowance for it and there's opportunity for it. I believe the recovery plan um, actually specifically states and encourages telework for all workers who are feasible. So um, first, I just recommend that if you are able to work from home, um, consider continuing to do so. Um, but you know, the city of Chicago labeled their phase three as cautiously reopen. And I think that's a good term uh, because it reminds us to be cautious about our plans in reopening. Uh, and when we speak about it at NAR, we speak with members and associations about developing their plans, uh, we give them this guide. We say, be patient, be flexible, and be accommodating. Really good responses to, to that particular question. Now we're going to drill down a little bit further, and these questions are more geared to what our members and our local associations might be tuned into. So we'll talk specifically in terms of businesses being a brokerage or an association. So the second question, and I think some of these questions apply really to both because they're physical office spaces with people in them. Sure. So the second question is if a brokerage or association has decided to reopen, what are some key points for their physical workspace? So when you're creating your plan, which I think we're gonna talk about more today uh, to reopen, I think you need a guiding light and the, and the guiding light is that you want to create an environment of trust and confidence in the physical space so that your staff and your visitors uh, will feel welcome and safe interacting there. So how do you facilitate an environment of trust and confidence? Well, there's lots of behaviors that are essential towards building trust, but here there's three key elements in your reopening plan. Um, that's preparation, prepare, 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 uh, follow through, walk the walk, do what you say you're gonna do in those plans and communicate. Ask questions, actively listen, and clearly communicate your plans to the interested parties. Okay, really good, thank you for that. So related, question number three, what are some other important notes to make sure employers, both brokerage companies and associations, are prepared to return to the physical space and that the policies and the practices are in place? So in step one, uh, prepare. 
in preparing, I think it's a good idea to gather a team, assemble a team or a work group of people who are really uh, stakeholders or invested in creating that safe and trusted physical space. Um, and what's your team gonna do? Your team is going to study the laws, make sure they know the federal, state, local laws, how they apply to your office space, what they require, as well as the CDC guidelines for uh, safety measures um, and your Illinois State Health Department guidelines. Um, once you, you understand the law and the structures, uh, you check out our checklist at nar.realtor forward slash coronavirus. We, have, we created a checklist called the Workplace Reentry Checklist, and it will be a good tool for your team to use when you're walking through all the potential issues and all the potential planning, because it's going to make you, it's going to prompt you to think about the issues um, about your physical space, space, including what your cleaning protocols need to be, what they will be, where the hand sanitizer will be located at ingress and egress, what the capacity of your space can be, what the capacity of the common areas can be, how you can implement physical distancing um, in those common areas as well as in the workspaces. What do you need to do to adjust the workplaces, um, whether it be cubicles or offices to ensure that, um, that the most amount of people interacting there are going to be safe um, and, and have a reduced risk of contracting COVID-19. But in addition to the physical safety, health, cleaning, sanitizing precautions you're gonna have to take, um, think about the employee policies. How are the employees impacted in this new normal? Um, what does their travel look like? Are there gonna be restrictions on travel? Um, what is their, their um, remote work policy look, uh, look like? Remember, be flexible, be accommodating. Um, in many cases, the law requires it, um, whether it be the state reopening guidelines or the Federal Families First um, Recovery Act that is going to require you to accommodate families with children or people impacted by this illness. So create a policy that you can turn to when faced with those issues, um, and also a policy regarding how you'll react to someone who has a known illness in your office. Um, we call it a preparedness plan. We do have a sample preparedness plan on our website, nar.realtor forward slash coronavirus. Uh, and it's an example of how you might um, evacuate the floor where the, um, the infected individual worked, um, send quarantine those uh, individuals on that floor for 14 days and other safety and cleaning and sanitizing and disinfecting precautions that you're going to take after learning about that. And so once your team creates the plan, addresses all those issues and more, um, you're just going to want to make sure that you uh, lead by example and you follow through with that plan. That's going to include training of the employees, um, signs, posting signs um, at ingress, egress, in the common areas uh, to clearly communicate to staff and visitors how you are addressing um, their safety and what precautions you're taking to create this, this um, you know, confidence in this environment. Right. Thank you. And I think earlier in your, um, earlier on in your advice in this particular topic that we're talking about, you mentioned occupancy and occupancy standards do vary a little bit 
from there's the federal stuff and then there's the guidance that we have from the DCEO in Illinois, the Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, which in an office building I think is currently 50% uh, of the occupant or the capacity is allowed. And then as, as mentioned earlier, well, as we talked about earlier, I guess I should say, uh, the Chicago guidelines for the commercial buildings is 25%. So that is stricter. So we want to remind our folks to, as you did state earlier, check federal, state, and drill all the way down to local because it certainly could be stricter, especially in situations where there's higher incidence of population. It just stands to reason that in Chicago, we might be a little stricter than downstate where we're located here south of 80. So we're yeah, that's a great point that we get. That's a great point that we get too, is that what happens when the um, laws or the guidance do conflict? And as you just said, it's important to follow the stricter guidance, to adhere to the, the stricter guidance, um, because unfortunately, like real estate, um, the, the virus impact is local and it, and it really needs to, uh, it affects different localities differently. Help us understand the employer's role, the obligations about preparation and training. We've talked in general a little bit, training on new procedures, the special employee issues that may arise, and really truly the importance of the good communication channels and how those things can work in the employer, whether it's brokerage or associations uh, benefit. Sure. I, I, again, I believe it all goes back to fostering this environment of trust and confidence. Uh, and when doing that, you have to communicate clearly, transparently. Uh, you have to ask questions and you have to solicit feedback and follow through. And so here you asked about obligations. You are obligated to have a plan and communicate that plan to your employees. All the guidance I've seen says train your employees on what the new safety protocols will be. Um, will they be required to use the hand sanitizer at ingress and egress? Uh, what will their requirements be with regards to congregating in common areas? Make sure your employees, your staff, and your visitors are well aware of the parameters of your plan. So that's going to be, the onus is going to be on you as the employer, um, uh, at, to communicate that, whether it be in, in signage, uh, in video discussions, in video training, virtual meetings, recorded messaging, or all of that. Be sure that, you, that um, everyone interacting is aware of the plan, aware of the rules, um, and can easily adhere to them, uh, because that's ultimately what's going to foster this confidence and trust, is that everyone feels safe interacting. And then I'll just add too, is that this is not a one and done exercise. Uh, we are at the beginning of cautiously reopening. We will learn from this experience what else needs to happen differently, uh, maybe more, maybe less, that your plan will be tweaked. So make sure that that team that you've assembled to create and implement the plan um, is also meeting regularly to, to test whether it's still a good plan to follow or if tweaks need to be made. We've just talked generally a little bit about the workplace. Now let's talk about some special considerations for our real estate brokers that are out in the field. First, major kudos to all realtors who have turned this challenging time into real opportunity. 
to enhance the way that they serve clients and customers. We have seen real innovation in virtual showings, uh, digital marketing, customer relationship management. You know, these past few months, people are doing things new, different, and better than they've ever done before. So uh, I think it's a testament to the resiliency of Realtors, and I think it bodes well for our value proposition for many years to come. So I want to say keep going. Just keep going. This is not a, um, you know, this cautiously reopening is not a back to business as usual by any means. Learn, take a minute to pause and think about um, how you've improved your business these past few months and what lessons learned there you can bring with you to the, to the future. Uh, and, and with regards to actually starting the business and getting back to in-person interactions, uh, I do want to turn your attention to another resource we have at, uh, on our website at NAR.Realtor. Um, it's called Showing Guidance During Reopening. And um, it's culminated from uh, the feedback and the questions we've received from a number of brokers across the country as to what they believe are best practices for cultivating the safe space um, and steps that they, they take before, during, and after in-person showings. Right, thank you for that. And just as a follow-up to, to that really good guidance, even though things are legally allowed, what are some of the best practices to think about going forward in our post-COVID or really truly our with COVID world? Um, good point. This is uh, cautiously reopening, as I said, doesn't mean going back to business as usual. Um, I think the best practices going forward is to continue doing what's worked well. And in, in many instances, virtual showings, virtual client communications has worked very well. And I, we all strongly encourage realtors to continue um, with that effort. I think that when assessing the marketing plan with your clients, you uh, need to take it very individually. Every client um, is going to have specific needs and, and desires, um, and every client is going to be at a different point in the spectrum of comfort level um, and trust. And where, where they are in, in, on that spectrum will depend on where you are in your marketing effort. So I think that dealing with clients um, and customers in this new normal, um, which will be a life with COVID-19 um, for the foreseeable future, uh, I would use the same guidance that we give for reopening your office. And that's be patient, be flexible, be accommodating. And as long as you're having these open communications and asking questions with your clients, you'll understand um, their needs and their comfort levels in terms of um, marketing their properties. Right, thank you. Now let's really kind of switch gears a little bit, but a very, very and always important topic is one of our last, but certainly not least, and that's with regard to fair housing and some of the questions that come up in, in this situation. So recognizing that much has been said and written on the topic of fair housing as it relates to consistent and non-discriminatory treatment of persons with different ethnicities, race, national origin, those with disabilities. What are your thoughts with regard to treatment of those who have or had COVID-19 
and will they be considered a protected class? Great question and a difficult question. Uh, the Fair Housing Act certainly applies always. And the question is, is COVID-19 going to be a, uh, considered a disability um, su such that a disability protected under the Fair Housing Act? And the answer is that it's too early to tell. It's a novel question, um, but it's certainly possible. There are signs and what we know about the COVID-19 um, it, it very well could be considered a disability at some future point. So the best rule of thumb and guidance here is to act as if it is uh, covered under the act. Right. So question number two, that's kind of a follow up to this. Is it permissible to ask persons if they've been diagnosed or they've been exposed to COVID-19? Yes it is permissible to do so. And in fact, because of COVID-19 is widespread and highly contagious uh, and potentially very dangerous, it's a good idea to ask. Uh, so you might be confused right now because I just said it's likely a disability protected under the act. And we know that um, we are prohibited from inquiring about individuals disability um, under the act. So why am I saying yes, it's okay. And yes, it's a good idea. Um, well, here we're taking our cues from a number of federal agencies and governments uh, who are asking the questions and have relaxed the prohibitions in light of the um, severity of COVID-19. For example, the EEOC and the CDC both have issued guidance to employers um, and homeless shelters permitting them to ask symptom-related questions, permitting them to ask whether the visitors have or this, the employees have COVID-19. And that is deemed to be um, necessary to protect the health and safety of others around them. Again, um, protecting the health and safety of others around them is always permissible under the Fair Housing Act. Question number three, is it permissible to ask someone to complete a COVID-19 questionnaire prior to engaging them as a client? And am I obligated to assist someone who mentions that they have had or been exposed to COVID-19? Yes, you may ask any individual to self-disclose information about their COVID-19 status. And you can do that either verbally or in writing. In general, you are obligated to provide a reasonable accommodation for individuals with disabilities. So when dealing with someone who has COVID-19, it's important to first assess whether a reasonable accommodation exists so that you can mitigate the threat that that may cause to you or others. Um, for example, uh, to the extent it's possible to assist that individual with showing a home virtually or by other non-in-person means, uh, you can consider doing so as a reasonable accommodation. But ultimately, if a reasonable accommodation does not exist, uh, then and, and showing the house um, or in-person interaction with that individual would pose a threat to your health and safety or the health and safety of others, you are not obligated to do that. The key here is to treat everyone the same. Create a policy or a plan to, if you're going to ask health questionnaires or health questions at all, Ask them of every single person. Have a policy that says you are going to ask every single person that you interact with or client or customer you interact with the same questions. And here's how you're going to evaluate the responses so that you are treating everyone equally 
regardless of who they are, but just based on the responses that they provide you. Right, and then the treatment would be consistently the same too. If they say no, then same response, right. Um, so finally, that leads us to just the sort of catch-all provision. Is there anything that we should discuss related to this important moment in time where we attempt to phase back in to a new normal of work and life, really? I just, I think we could reiterate a couple of the points we've made and about being patient, being flexible, be accommodating, understand all that you can about the environment uh, that COVID-19 presents, about the laws and the regulations around it. Ultimately, realtors are resilient. They've proven it these past three months. They've proven it for these past many, many decades, if not 100 or more years. Um, so they should be proud of how they've risen to the challenge and innovated in these times. And again, I just say keep going. Um, you know, as Illinois Realtors puts it, revitalize opportunity influence, leverage this moment and what you've accomplished to catapult your business into the future. Uh, and then I think it's also just a helpful reminder that the golden rule is at the heart of the Realtors Code of Ethics. Um, it's been really hard. 2020 has been a very hard year for many people. Uh, and if we can all just remember the golden rule and abide by golden rule, I think that should be our guiding light now on this journey towards our new normal. All right, that was awesome. Thank you very much, Katie, for joining us today. And I think you've given us just lots of great guidance, good pointers. I love the bulleted, like three things to remember. Those things are really helpful and we should just post them all over our offices. So we can't thank you enough for joining us and have an awesome day. Great, thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. We're very grateful to Katie for spending her time with us and helping us to navigate through this time, learning how to meet our challenges and turn those into opportunities on our way to our new normal, whatever that might be.